1: It's Let's ride. Time for the words that are recited before each and every
0: game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's
1: time for Dodger baseball. What is going on, everyone? Thank you for listening to the Incline All-Star Break Edition. The first half of the Dodgers season is in the books. We're going to dive into everything. 56-35 and 35 is where the record stands, heading into the second half. And me personally, I can't complain, given all the nonsense that's gone on this season. We're two games back of the San Francisco Giants for that NL West crown. Good thing we have a series with them coming up. David Rosenthal, let me pass the torch to you. How are you doing?
2: Doing good, Kevin. Uh, it was a fun home run derby, fun All Star game. I don't understand why the National League can never win an All Star game. It, it blows my mind. But it it feels like every All Star game is the exact same thing, honestly. Uh, but good way to end the first half with Max Muncy's walk off. So you know it's that series started off a little rough with that first game to Arizona, or I don't know if it was the first or second. But good way to good way to go into the break. No
1: doubt, yeah. I wanted to talk about that in just a minute, Jake Reiner. I know you had some thoughts on the All Star Game and Home Run Derby as well, so let's hear you elaborate.
0: Well, I really love the Home Run Derby, and I think I think the three of us could be in agreement on this one. I've certainly seen it on Twitter. Is that the the, the Home Run Derby is the is the main event? Um, All Star Game wasn't great. Uh, I, I kind of wanted to have like a really like. Intense like 12 to 11 cores field match that just never happened. Um, it was kind of a, a lackluster, uh, all star game, especially from the national league. I just felt like every single inning, the national league, they, whoever was at the plate was just swinging at the first pitch and popping it up or grounded it and out. There, they, they weren't really grinding out at bats like we're used to seeing uh, the Dodgers do. Um, I would have liked to see, um, JT and, and CT three. And I actually, I would have liked to see Max Muncy get at least one more at bat in there. Um, But the, the home run derby was great. I mean, the, the Shohei Otani Juan Soto battle was just fantastic, especially since it looked like Shohei wasn't, you know, wasn't going to be able to do it. And I I felt really bad for him too, because of all the hype that was going into it. Um, And then he just lit it up out of nowhere and almost beat Juan Soto. And then uh, the polar bear, Pete Alonzo, man, he is just an absolute tank. And the, the confidence that he has, the swagger that he has uh, in that event was just really fun to watch. It felt like he never got tired. Nothing ever phased him. And that's why the Home Run Derby is such a great event. And I like the, the new format that they've created for it. I've
2: dubbed him. See, I don't. You don't?
0: I uh, you don't, I don't like
2: that format at all. I I really don't like
0: the, but you like how it was where like, if you don't hit a home run, it's an out.
2: Not so much outs. Uh, I think you just, we couldn't see all the home runs. Uh, I I like the rule where you have to wait until the ball is landed. Yeah. Uh, So if you want to do a time clock, that's cool. Uh, But I guess make it a little bit longer time clock, but make it so you have to wait for the ball to land. Cause we, First of all, ESPN is a disaster. That telecast was a joke. The commentating was horrible. The graphics were horrible. They, could, they didn't show us the home runs. Uh, and it was just a complete shit show all around. But I, I hear you. I get why you like the format. But I would personally like to see the balls go out of the stadium every time. Well, from
0: what I remember, that's how they had it last year. And then this year, it was like they were trying to beat the clock almost. And I agree with you. I, I wanted to see how far the balls went. And I don't know if you checked in on the stat cast broadcast. I did. It it was just a little bit too much. I don't really care about stat cast when it comes to the home run derby. I care more about it when it comes to the full game. Um, I just want to see guys mash and I want to see how far it goes. And I agree. I I felt like uh, we couldn't really appreciate the long ball.
2: Yeah. And honestly, we need Chris Berman back. I mean, Carl Ravitch is decent. Eduardo Perez don't know what the hell he's saying. I don't think he does. Uh, but Chris Berman is, we, he was the legend. That was growing up watching him go back, 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 back. That was That's what we need, honestly.
1: Yeah, either, either him or Maddie V. Like, uh, I'm, yeah. I'd be down for either of them. I've dubbed Pete Alonzo the Joey Chestnut of the Home Run Derby.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he certainly gets one. up for the occasion.
1: Yeah. C. on Twitter on the subject of Shohei Otani would like to know. How different do the Dodgers look if they were to have signed Otani back in
2: 2018? I I mean, honestly, I don't think that different. Uh, His contract wasn't a huge contract. Uh, So I I think they would have been able to facilitate the Mookie Vets trade regardless and thus sign him. Uh, You know, he was hurt, missed all of the year pitching wise. Uh, This is his first year of really being, you know, dominant per se. So frankly, you know, I don't know. He would have to play the outfield, I guess, because uh, you're certainly going to put him in the lineup. Uh, I don't know if he I mean, this year he'd be pitching, given what's happened to the Dodgers pitching staff. But yeah, I mean, it just it just wasn't in the cards. He he was always going to go to an American League team.
0: I agree with that, too. I don't know what his defensive skills are, but that was always a thing for me that I've thought about with him is that. I think the only scenario that works well for him is to have the DH. Now we could see the DH in the national league in the very near future, but as it stands, the American league team, it just makes that much more sense for him. Unfortunately um, for him, he's on a bad team. And so that's, that's the, and, and, and if I could just say one thing, cause I know there was a lot of, you know, controversy surrounding what Stephen A. Smith said about Shohei Otani. And I just have to say that Stephen A. Smith should not, be talking about baseball ever. Uh, He just doesn't get it. Um, And he's way too opinionated about about that subject that he knows nothing about. But with that being said, my take on it is, is that the reason that we're not seeing, the reason that they're not, you know, quote unquote, marketing him well, is because he's not on a good team. I mean, imagine if he was in the playoffs every year, then, then you'd, then you'd see something. I mean, at least Fernando Tatis Jr. was in the playoffs last year and he's on a good team. So, you know, they have a chance to make it to the playoffs. That's the whole point is like, imagine if if LeBron James never made it to the playoffs year in and year out. I don't think, you know, he may not be as big as he is now, but because he was in, you know, a million finals and in the playoffs every year, he was able to grow his brand worldwide, globally across the country. Um, That was what I always thought. It has nothing to do with the fact that he, you know, you know, is learning English, which that has nothing to do with anything about his marketability. It's about playing for a team that's consistently in there and consistently on a big stage. That's, that's how I feel about it.
1: I agree with all, all you had to say. And I just want to say, I want to acknowledge just how great of a season Otani is having. It's great for Major League Baseball. In my opinion, he's the clear MVP I had him runner-up entering the season because I made the stupid mistake of riding Gliber Torres, who's been a disaster for the Yankees. And it, the team in general is just a disgrace to New York. They're not even the best team in their own city right now. But that's besides the point. Otani killing it for the Angels. It's a shame that they might probably won't make the playoffs. But leading all of baseball with 33 home runs and is on pace to potentially have 61 home runs, which would be bonkers.
0: And, and also all they had to
1: do was get pitching.
2: That's it. Don't pay Anthony Rendon, who who told us who told us in plain sight he doesn't like baseball. And you gave him two hundred million dollars. You could have paid Zach Wheeler. You could have gotten another pitcher with Zach Wheeler. But nope, nope. That's it.
0: That's a bad. So no, I don't feel bad for them. I don't. I don't. No, I don't. I don't feel bad for them at 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 all either. Um, And I also think that what what Stephen A. Smith did. For, to Otani against him actually may have worked in his favor, at, at, you know. At the end of it, be, because there was all this buzz about him going in to the All Star game, and to my point, look look at the coverage that he got during the All Star game. Look at the coverage that Fernando Tatis got during the All Star game. It was huge. Everybody was talking about them. They were they were on every single network doing interviews. You know whether. It was Otani on MLB Network and Tatis on Fox. It didn't matter. They were everywhere. That's what that, that's what you need. You need guys in the spotlight. And the All-Star game is a national stage. That's why, that's why it's so crucial for these guys to make the freaking playoffs. It's that simple. Yeah.
1: So I actually have an a All-Star question for you guys that I wanted to save for this occasion. And I'm sure one of you will get it, but I might as well give it a shot. When was the last time... Give me the year and the player that the Dodgers had one all-star can't give you that, 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 no, no, I'm not
0: telling you to give me the year, but like, you know, how far back do we have to go? The player
1: is still alive. One all-star.
0: Was it like Hideo Nomo or something?
1: I was going to say Beltray. Okay. So the year is actually 2013 and it was played in Kershaw. Okay which is kind of a shocker given how many good players they had on that team. But if you recall, they started off really slow and got hot in the second half and Puig, I think almost was it Puig that lost the vote in maybe it was the following year, but yeah, no, I, yeah, I think, yeah. The, the, I think Puig did lose the, I think Puig did lose the vote in his rookie year to Freeman. So moving on, Max Muncy, as David mentioned, left the all had, had us going into the all-star break on a bang. That's why they play 27 outs and you don't give up. Walk-off, three-run home run, which was just completely epic, along with the bat flip. Muncie's been killing it all this season. Uh, Save a little more on him in a minute. But the game before, 22 runs against the Arizona Diamondbacks. An absolute ambush. They hit eight home runs, 22 runs, which was an L.A. Dodgers record at the stadium. Did not know that. So just a good way to go into the second half. Any takeaways from that bloodbath or the walk-off?
2: Go ahead, David. You know they needed to do that. Uh, the Diamondbacks are a joke. Um, it's baseball; it's a 162 game season, so you're going to lose to pretty much every team. Uh, but if the Dodgers didn't take at least two out of three from the Diamondbacks, I would have been legitimately concerned. Uh, and yeah, it's it's you know it's an insignificant game in uh, July or whatever you want to call it. Uh, but it's more of a morale thing, honestly. Uh, this team is hurt. This team is tired. They're worn down. The bullpen is worn down. Uh, but that was a very welcome sight to see after kind of backing into the all-star break for a little bit. Uh, but that that basically saved and completely changed the momentum going into the second half. I like that they put you know a couple of these guys on the IL, which is clearly, clearly uh, manipulation in my opinion. I don't think Victor Gonzalez is hurt. I don't think Jimmy Nelson is hurt. Gratterall's and AAA getting more work in. I love that they did that. Give these guys extra rest uh, going into the break, coming out of the break, and get these guys back rested, healthy, and ready to go.
0: My takeaways from the twenty-two run onslaught were is that that's why the run differential is so much is so much different from every other team, why the Dodgers are just killing it in run differential because they, they, they have these games ever so often where they just go off, you know, whether it's the 22 runs against the diamondbacks or the 16 runs, you know, a few months ago against the brewers. I mean, they, they tend to have these outbursts. And so that's, that's why you're seeing huge run differentials and what, what can be so frustrating about this team that we've seen is that, you know, they could rip off nine in a row and then drop three in a row to the Marlins, then win a game, then drop, a. then drop the game to the D backs and then score 22 runs the next day. And then looked, and it looked like the day after it was the same thing of like, they, they couldn't buy a run and then they score six runs over the last two innings. And so that to me, it's, it's, it's a very frustrating part about this 2021 team, but, I couldn't be happier with given all the injuries and given everything that's happened to this team with Trevor Bauer and all that mess to be where they are right now is, is as actually unbelievable. Um, And they would be winning. They would be leading this division. If the giants weren't out playing out of their minds. I mean, seriously, you know, the, the, the Padres aren't even, aren't even as good as the Dodgers right now, but the giants are just, I mean, who, who knows what's going on over there, but. I'm, 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 I'm actually pretty happy with, with how things ended up considering everything that's gone on this year.
1: Well, to the Dodgers defense, when they usually do lose games, it's by one run. And I think a lot of this hedges back to their pitching, which is number one in the national league, a 3.14 team ERA. So that is the foundation of this team. It's able to keep them in games for the most part. There's a couple players that will outline later in the show, but they're bullpen. Seventh in the National League right now, 353 ERA. So you have to think Andrew Friedman is monitoring the bullpen situation in a trade, or maybe another pickup
2: is on the way. Can I shout out one guy real quick? Yeah. Okay. So over the last two weeks, this guy deserves some love. AJ Pollock, 12 for 33, six home runs, eight RBIs, OPS of 1,400. Uh, he was named the NL player of the week. He was basically the only one hitting two weeks ago. Uh, he he helped us get out of that slump. I forget who it was against. I want to say the Cubs, maybe. The Cubs. Mm-hmm. After he had the no-hitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he basically just owns the Diamondbacks, which is pretty funny because obviously funny. it's his former team. Uh, but this guy quietly put together, you know, after some struggles and, you know, some pretty brutal stretches where he was striking out like every at bat. He's quietly put together a good first half. And a lot of people like to rag on him for, you know, oh, this guy sucks. He strikes okay. out every time. Bad contract. But honestly, the contract really isn't that bad. I think he's getting 11 or $12 million a year. Not that crazy for a guy who, you know, is going to hit left-handers pretty well. Uh, is going to hit 20, 25 home runs. Little little bit of a liability on the defensive side. Uh, but he, he deserves some credit, uh, especially in the last two weeks. So I just wanted to get that out there.
0: Well, I'm just going to keep it consistent and say he sucks. Um, so that, uh, because every time I
1: do, he ends up playing well. So screw you, AJ. I had a big feeling July was going to be his month, but you know, the one thing that I think we can still continue to knock Pollock on it is he needs to show up in the postseason because he's really yet yeah. to do that for us. And so
2: until and he does Late that, innings with men on base.
1: That too. So until he does that, you know, rightfully so, we can still rag on him a little bit, but. Yeah, six home runs in July. That's really impressive. And you already mentioned the OPS is just off the charts and he's seeing the ball really well. So, yeah, shout out AJ Pollock. Mookie Betts also has been white hot the last seven games, batting 346 with a 692 slugging, three home runs, that one grand slam in the onslaught. Overall in the season, batting 256, 366 on base, 838 OPS, 13 home runs didn't play in the all-star game. I really respect the decision because his priorities lie with having a better second half. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a Mookie apologist myself, but if Mookie's saying, you know, he's not up to the standard that he sets for himself that I have to, you know, ride with that too. And here's to hoping like a huge second half is on the way for Mookie.
0: Yeah. I'm happy that he didn't play in the all-star game. I'm also happy even though he should have been selected hands down, Kenley Jansen should have been there. I'm also happy that he wasn't there um, just, just based on, you know, the workload that he's had to put in um, and, and cover for this bullpen um, due to injuries. Also the high altitude there in, in Colorado, we know he's had some issues there before. Um, I'm just happy that he, that he took a break, but in terms of Mookie bets. Um, yeah. I mean, he, it's funny how he always is able to downplay his abilities. Like I think he even called himself bad uh, which was a direct quote. And then last year, he, he sort of summed up his play as serviceable um, when, when he was second in MVP and and led us to a world series. So, I mean, his standards are really high for himself um, which is a good way to be when, when you're always striving for more success. Um, and I'm glad that he's been putting it together. That's what we've been waiting for is for him to put together um, a few games in a row and get hot and get on a consistent roll because once he starts going and once he starts carrying this team look out because um he's you know he had a lot of uh, opportunities um throughout this first half coming up with men on base in key spots where he just wasn't coming through and now he is and so that that's going to be a huge thing that we're going to look at uh, as the second half starts
2: he's looked real good the last like 5 6 games like noticeably improved I'm just thankful that he didn't show up to camp
1: 50 pounds overweight like Andrew Jones did to us. Oh. This is the total complete opposite. This guy takes his job very seriously and you can tell with all aspects of the game. Yeah. Andrew Jones, I'm throwing you under the bus. You're not a hall of famer in my mind. Um, we had a couple people on Twitter. One our most recent guests, Sam Shear, as well as Alexander Ora, They wanted an update on Clayton Kershaw. The good news is the MRI came back clean, no damage, just mild inflammation. I'm no doctor, but I'm going to assume he will be out at least. He'll miss one or two starts. That is my best guess. I don't know if you guys have any other differing opinions on Kershaw or just want to give him some love in general because of how good he's been this season.
0: Yeah, I don't think the Dodgers are going to rush him back. Um, so I, I, think your assessment is right that he may miss a couple of starts. I, there's no reason to, to rush him back at this point. Um, but they do need starters. I mean, th- that's clear as day, even with a healthy Kershaw, they need starters because they, they have him, they have Bueller, they have Urias and and Gonsolin, who's kind of been improving a little bit, but, um, still unclear there. And we don't know where David Price is in his development. It's taking him a little too long, in my opinion, to kind of get where he needs to be. But yeah, Kershaw, I mean, look, anybody that thought Kershaw was washed can just, you know, (laughs) can just shut up because the the dude just continually adjusts and gets better. Uh, He he ages like a fine wine and he, he has been one of the the most underrated pitchers for us this year. And he's a big reason why we have one of the best, you know, starting rotations in, in all of baseball, given all the injuries and given all the other bullshit.
2: Yeah. I would guess one start, uh, you know, he, he's been playing catch. I think they're giving him the all-star break to just shut down and, and just rest up. Uh, I would guess he misses one start. And I think they just go with what they got and probably some form of a bullpen game. Uh, Andrew Freeman is going to get a starter of some kind at some point here. Uh, I don't know when that's going to be, uh, but he's, he's not going to sit on his hands for you know the rest of the month, the trade deadlines coming up towards the end of the month. Uh, and, and there's going to be some, some pieces moving around. I know the Dodgers are attending Cole Hamels showcase. Uh, I believe that's in, I don't know if it already happened or if it's in two days, I I, want to say July 16th is what I remember. Uh, but that could be an interesting name. Don't have to give up anything to get him. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see. I, I, but for the question, yeah, one or two starts.
1: Are there any starters you have in mind that could be feasible trade options
2: for the Dodgers at the moment? See, that's, this is, this is where it gets tough because, you know, you hear all these names like Luis Castillo and, uh, yeah. Herman Marquez and, uh, Scherzer, who's the Scherzer. Exactly. I don't think any of these guys are getting traded. Uh, I don't think the Reds are sellers. I don't think the yes, Nationals are sellers. Not either. <laughs> uh, you know, the Rockies, the Rockies are probably sellers, but I don't know if they're they going to make a trade within the division. Yep. Uh, so, you know, there's just not a whole lot there. Kyle Gibson is one name who probably will get traded. Uh, Not too stoked on him personally. Hasn't really done this his entire career. It seems a little fluky to me. Uh, So there's just not a whole lot there. The one guy I could see happening, uh, although he's under contract for two more years, I believe at around 11 or so million a year, is Kyle Hendricks with the Cubs. Uh, I could see that happening. Throws like 75 mile an hour fastball, but somehow gets the job done. So we'll see. I honestly, I don't think there's going to be huge names moving this trade deadline.
0: What about the Braves? I mean, they just lost Acuna for the year. Um, Doesn't look like they're they're really going anywhere fast at this point. You know, I've heard Charlie Morton out there as as a potential name. Not not too stoked on him, although he he is really good in the postseason, um, which makes which makes a lot of sense for us. Um, But. You know, I, I agree with David. I don't think any of these bigger names like Scherzer is are are, are going to get moved. But again, I mean, you never know with Friedman. He could pull a rabbit out of his hat and and surprise all of us with um with a package for Scherzer. I'm curious what, uh, Friedman would be willing to give up because he he likes to hold on yeah. to his his guys. Um, and the interesting the interesting conundrum of what do you do with Kibert Ruiz? What do you do with Cartaya? Um, how high are you on those guys and where do they rank and, and are you willing to give up one of them for, for, for an arm? I, I mean, to me, I, I wouldn't give up Ruiz unless, unless you're getting Scherzer, unless you're getting like a real top of the line arm um, that that's, that's a hard prospect to part with at this point.
1: Yeah. And I wouldn't trade Ruiz for Scherzer because Scherzer is technically a rental at the moment. Well, I don't think Friedman would either.
0: No, I, I don't. I was saying I'm not saying Scherzer. I'm saying like a, a Scherzer type. Like yeah, I think to, it would have it would Barrio, have to be at top it, of the list. Barrios
1: is probably that guy then.
2: Yeah, because yeah. I I, li- I would like that too. But again, it's not going to be cheap to get him. He's under contract for more than one year, yeah. uh, and you know that's not that's going to cost something. Uh, you know, maybe they. I mean, they liked Luke Rayleigh the first time. Maybe we can give him <laughs> back over there. But one I mean, one other guy.
0: Go ahead. No, go ahead.
2: Well, I just wanted All to throw is- out one more. <laughs> one more name is uh, Danny Duffy on the Royals. I like him. He will be a free agent after this year. Uh, he is having a good year. Uh, he's been in the league a long time, has experience, believe he has postseason experience on that Kansas City Royals team from way back when. Uh, I like him. I, I like him. He's-, he's got a 253 RA this year been hurt a little bit to start the year but he's been he's been pitching well i believe of recently i think that's that's a name i could see happening because i don't think that's going to cost that much the royals would love to get that the rest of his salary off their books uh and take one or two low-level prospects and and you know throw a couple darts there so i could see that happening i think friedman is going to try to shoot for the stars but at the end of the day he's going to get someone who can throw innings period and danny duffy is that guy
0: yeah, we need that. We definitely need that whether it's Duffy, whether it's Cole Hamels, whether it's Morton. We need we need someone that can that can eat innings and even if you don't go after that top of the line starter, maybe you focus more on the bullpen and just just bulk up there and try and find other guys, you know. I know that the the Pirates are historically really difficult to deal with cuz they're very stingy about what they're willing <laughs> to uh to give yeah. up. But, I mean, they've got, a re- they've got a couple of really nice relievers over there that I wouldn't mind seeing in Dodger blue. Um, but I, I think both the, ro- both the rotation and the bullpen need, need to get
2: bolstered, for sure. I agree. And, frankly, we've seen Friedman do this before, but I, I think he's going to trade for a, a reliever that we've never heard of uh, who ends up being kind of solid, akin, like, Adam Kolarik, per se something Mm. like that. Like who the hell, who the hell is that guy?
1: I'm still holding out for Taylor Rogers. I think he's the perfect bullpen fit for this team.
0: Is he the twins guy or the giants guy?
1: Twins lefty.
0: twins.
2: Yeah. Um, Yeah. There's too many Rogers. Which which twin is he? (laughs) Yeah. And they're all twins and brothers
1: (laughs) like literal twins is your guys. First half MVP so far. I mean, for me, it's, for me, it's Max Muncy. Um,
0: I I just think the, the way in which he, even when he was slumping his ability to still get on base was, was kind of remarkable. And then as soon as he started to spray the ball to all fields, he just turned into a monster. And I don't think that there isn't, there, there are too many players in the game that hit no doubt, no doubt home runs like he does the, every time he hits a home run, it, there's no, you know, there's no way it could not be a home run. I mean, he just absolutely crushes the ball the way he ended uh, the first half with a walk-off was just absolutely perfect. By the way, side note, that Joe Davis call I think was his best this year um, where he said they don't even move. I, I really love that call, but yeah, it's, to me, it's Max Muncie. I mean, he, he is the guy um, you know, the, as Vince Scully would say, the meat, meat and potatoes guy, he, he is the guy that, you know, you can rely on, um, in any big spot and he'll give you a great at bat. And I like the fact that he's being more aggressive at the plate than he was during the very beginning part of the season where he was being a lot more selective. He's being aggressive, but he's also has the best eye in the game. So, you know, he's not chasing anything either. He's just been, he's just been awesome. And, and, and he's my first FMVP.
2: Yeah, I was going to say the same, but I'll, I'll go with someone different. Uh, Justin Turner. He is 36 years old, I believe, was called Washed Up. Everyone wanted Nolan Arenado or DJ LeMahieu. And what has he done this year? 15 home runs, 50 RBIs, 93 hits, OPS right at 900, 391 on base percentage, 24th in baseball in war. 36-year-old. Better than DJ LeMahieu, better than Nolan Arenado this season. All he does is get on base. All he does is hit. He beats the shift. He knows how to put the ball in play, go to the opposite field. Defense has been solid above average to average about what we expect from him. Uh, And he's he's just been the constant. You know, I would say Muncie has been the constant too, but he did miss a little bit of time. Uh, Justin Turner has been steady the entire damn season. Uh, And frankly, he needs more respect league-wide for what he's doing. I mean, 24th in war in in all of baseball. Uh, I mean, that's, you know, pretty ridiculous at this point. And the guy after him in war, 25th, Chris Taylor.
1: (laughs) We'll make it a unanimous round of Max Muncy. And I was also going to talk about Justin Turner following Muncy as well. Over his last 15 games, he's 22 for 54. That's a 407 batting average. You know, he got a little cold, I want to say, in late May, early June. Well, he's red hot again three home runs over that span. And I want to say since June six, that no one's has had a better batting average than him. I can't remember the exact date, but I know. You're talking for, about Muncie? No, Turner. Oh, Turner. Yeah. Over the last, uh, since June six or something, I think he's hitting like 389 or something. That was like the best over that span. And I said a tweet about this that got a little bit of traction, but I feel, I feel like if there's any major league baseball player, that deserves to have a movie made after him when he hangs it up. It's gotta be Justin Turner. Cause his story has just been remarkable. Like I've never seen anything even close to what he's done nearly yeah, kicked he- out of the league. Mets give up on him, goes to like some alumni workout, gets scouted by Wallach. Coletti gives him the shot. Is able to start opening day in 2014. And he just has been raking ever since two time all-star now um, and a world series champion, of course.
0: We just got to get that guy from Game of Thrones to
2: play him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tormund. Yeah. Tormund.
1: So I appreciate this question from Steve M on Twitter. Cause it's actually something that's been bugging me as well. Why can't we stop the running game?
0: Yeah. The stopping the running game and also just defense the infield defense in general has been pretty bad so yeah. far this season.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean the short, the short answer is the pitchers need to hold these guys on. Uh, these bases, make no mistake, these bases are being stolen off the pitchers. Uh, Barnes and Smith don't have a chance on half of these, more than half of these. Uh, the right-handed pitchers on our staff are need to tighten it up. It's, it's I mean, Don Mattingly r- ran wild on the Dodgers. He was sending guys who have no business stealing bases, and he was getting away with it. Garrett Cooper stole a base, didn't have a stolen base all year. Looks like he's lumbering when he's on the field, but nope. Oh, Dodgers are, Dodgers are a right handed pitcher from the Dodgers pitching. Yeah, go ahead and steal Garrett Cooper. I mean, Dodd Manonly deserves credit for that as much as I hate to say it. Uh, but I mean, he's got, I don't know why you wouldn't steal off off basically all our pitchers, not named Kershaw or Arias.
0: Well, and also, you know, take a look at the Padres series. They stole like what, 405 bases against us? It was, it was yeah. insane. Um, I, yeah, I agree with David. I think, I think that it's the, that it's on more on the pitchers than it is on Barnes or or Smith, because every time I look and I see Will Smith or Austin Barnes throw, throw the ball down to second base. I mean, it's a pretty good throw and it's, and it's online. It's just, you know, and, and I'm not sure about the pop time for the catchers, but generally speaking, these runners, you know, these pitchers are not holding them on. Kenley Jansen's big, you know, he's an automatic steal. We know, we know what, you know, if he, if he gives up a walk, it's essentially a double. Um, and, and it's, and it's frustrating too, because nobody's hitting him anyway, uh, when he is, when he is on, you know, when he does have command. So yeah, they've got to tighten it up and they've got to tighten up the infield defense. I, you know, I, I know, I know David and I, we get on Corey Seager all the time and it doesn't excuse Corey Seager's bad defense, but Gavin Lux has, has, you know, he's he's worse. worse. I wouldn't say he's worse. I'd say he's about the same. He's just um, not
2: polished. He's just not yeah. polished yet. He had a rough couple weeks to end the first half. He absolutely did. He's, you know, you, we've seen it before with him. It just, it feels like he's in his own head. Uh, He's just, he's just not fully polished there. I, he's, he's still, I, you know, still better than Corey Seager. And it's not really close, frankly, in terms of fielding ability, Uh, but execution the, wise, range, it's just, it just has the hasn't arm been is
1: yeah. really bad though.
0: Seeger's arm's not good either. I mean, you're... Yeah, that's
1: actually Seager's strength, the arm typically. It's just, he backhands it and.
0: Yeah. The mechanics, the, the mechanics for, for Lux are there. or the fundamentals I should say, are there for Lux at short versus Seager. Um, but yeah, Lux does not have a particularly strong arm. Um, and yeah, there, there are just, there are balls that are just getting through the infield that should not be, um, you know whether it's through a guy's legs or through the shift. I mean, that there, there are there, there needs to be
2: some tightening up there for sure. They just Kay. need to execute. That's it. I mean, they, these guys are more than capable of doing their job. They're just not executing right now defensively. The Dodgers love to shift more than anyone else. They still lead baseball on that, and they actually have more shifts than the
1: Giants and Padres combined. But back on the the catching issues, I'm going to say 75% is on the pitchers, no doubt. But that other twenty-five percent, I don't know, man. Smith has allowed a league-leading forty-six stolen bases, and I feel like part of your job as a catcher is to warn your pitcher if a guy is leading off a little too far. And I just don't see—I don't see that communication.
2: Twenty-six well, percent. I mean, he's also leading—he's leading the league in caught stealings too, though. So it just means it's just these guys but are not just per, stealing not off percentage. Of constantly. Not percentage.
1: Twenty-six percent—that's not leading. And then Barnes is at twenty-one percent. He's been pretty bad as well, but I'm going to throw Molly Buss. Um, I did like her article where she said that it was all on Barnes and the pitchers. Smith has been just as bad as Barnes, in my opinion. So they got to tighten it up all around. And I hope they work on that. Another question comes from Blues Jam Hawaii. Do the hitting coaches not tell Bellinger to slow down his
2: swing? Cause they, they he noticed that he's swinging at a lot of, high fastballs up. i mean i don't think that's a question of slowing down and swing i think that's not being able to catch up to the high fastball if anything um we've seen we've seen throughout his entire career we've seen opposing pitchers and teams have a game plan against cody bellinger last year uh it was pounding him inside uh they just stuck to it and it worked uh there's there's a very strict game plan that these guys have for attacking Cody Bellinger. And we haven't seen him adjust to it effectively, at least in a timely manner over the past two years. Uh, and this year it's, it's the inside high fastball and he'll adjust to it. Eventually uh, I think Van Skoyak is on it. I think Cody's on it. Uh, but traditionally we haven't seen him adjust in a timely manner. And I think that's just what it comes down to. Keep
0: in mind, he's going to be a father soon. So, just look at That's, that's yeah, what I'm saying.
1: That.
2: Yeah. That's more out. concerning. That's more concerning for me than his ability to hit the high fastball.
1: It's <laughs> over for the league once he gets that dad strength. So congrats to Bellinger and his girlfriend. Yeah. That's gotta be exciting. I, I will say, can I say just your, say one thing say about, prayer. one
0: thing about Bellinger is that I, I am enjoying his, um, at bats. Uh, I know that, that he, he is chasing a lot and, uh, he has struggled coming back from his injury, but, I do see him being more more selective um, than than I'm nor- than I normally am used to seeing, and he is yeah. he is working the count, and he's drawing some walks too, so that's encouraging.
2: My you biggest keep issue, in mind, you know, everybody, he's got half the amount of at bats than you know the guys who have been healthy all year have. You know, Turner's got 300 at bats, Bellinger's got 150, so it's going to take a little bit, but he'll get there.
1: Yeah, I knew this shoulder surgery was going to be a huge part this season, but my biggest issue right now is more with Roberts continuing to bat him cleanup. Only well, has a 154 average. I assume that's going to change when Corey Seager returns to the lineup this coming July 19th against the Giants. And we'll see probably Max Muncie back in the cleanup spot. You know, Bellinger had a great game batting six. He went deep. The Dodgers slugged. Then Roberts put him back into the cleanup role, had another bad game. So I think Bellinger being lower in the lineup is gonna be more beneficial to him in the long run. And I mean in the postseason, he didn't bat cleanup either, and he was perfectly fine so so if bellinger's doesn't bat fourth who do you move up there pollock oh,
2: for before the next...
0: seager returns yeah before seager returns
2: i mean i guess well, i would smith. assume it'd be smith i mean yeah. no definitely not
1: i'd rather have bellinger in that spot i mean it's the rockies pitchers there you would expect them to be pretty bad so i'm not too concerned i guess over the next two or three games but yeah it's going to be buncy moving forward all right <laughs> This is where the show gets a little dicey, but he is on the Dodgers. So we're kind of obligated to talk about him. And yes, I'm speaking of Trevor Bauer, who was just spotted with Rachel Luba in Zion, a very beautiful place. But nonetheless, the latest is that the players union and major league baseball and all that have agreed to extend his uh, leave of absence or per se, whatever, which means Bauer is still going to get paid $1.5 million a week. I believe the, uh, trial or whatever is on July 23rd. So hopefully we have more answers there. Yeah. It's a, it's a hearing, a hearing, guess. hearing. Yep. Thank you for the correction. And we have a question from Ryan at catch the blues. One of our best fans out there. At what point do the Dodgers start to get out of the Bauer contract? What has to happen?
2: I mean, we were, we were talking about this, the three of us earlier in the day. Uh, we don't really know. I don't think anyone really knows what the deal is in terms of the contract. Um, obviously you want you know justice to be carried out one way or another as the first priority, but you know, this is a guy, the Dodgers just gave a hundred million dollars to so that, that, you know, that's going to be in Dodgers fans' minds rightfully so as well. Um, I believe to my understanding uh, and I think to Kevin's understanding as well is if you're suspended by MLB, you don't get paid. You missed you miss that part of your contract. So I think that is going to be determined if MLB decides to suspend him after their investigation and after the authorities' investigation. Then I think the Dodgers are off the hook for part of his contract. Obviously not all. And the, the, the key thing to, to note here is three, the three-year contract next year and the year after are player options. So if he says, yep, I triggered the option, that means the Dodgers are on the hook for – however much it is, 40 million or whatever it was. Uh, So it is going to get pretty dicey here. And especially, you know, if he is innocent, uh, if he is found to be innocent or, you know, not suspended or charges dropped, that's where the Dodgers are going to have to make a decision. Uh, Are they going to eat the money and cut ties with this guy entirely? Or are they going to bite the PR bullet uh, and basically spit in a lot of fans faces who don't want to see this guy pitch ever again, regardless of the outcome and send it back out there. So to my understanding that that's what, that's how I understand it right now. I don't know if you guys, you know, have any other thoughts on it, but that's, that's all I got for, for this right now.
0: Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, I just don't think that regardless of what happens, however, the legal process plays out. I don't think he pitches for the Dodgers again. And I don't think, you know, he may or may not pitch in the majors again. That's, I I don't know if I'm, I'm ready to make that call, but, I don't think he pitches for the Dodgers again. I mean, you've already seen um, the Dodgers pull his merchandise from the stadium. They canceled his bobblehead night. A you had to whole you yeah you had that. to do that. But I'm just saying, of all the of all the different events that have happened, you've also seen like a number of players unfollow him on Instagram, and some of the the most prominent players on the team. Um, like Justin Turner and Kenley Jansen uh, to name a few. There's a bunch of other ones. Um, I just don't see how he makes it out of this regardless of what, of, of what happens. Um, and I think, you know, a lot of people have been giving their opinions on, on how, how he behaved and, and what has been reported to have happened. Um, and it's, you know, it's all, it's all bad. Um, the whole situation is bad. But I think honestly, it, it it's a little premature to really get into the weeds of, of what happened and to make commentary on it because we don't we're not privy to everything. We're we're privy to what has been released so far. And 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 to me, that's not the whole story. Um and we're just honestly gonna have to wait and see. And I know that's a tough thing for people to hear. And I know that in the world we live in, we want we want answers and we want things given to us immediately. Um, but that's, just, that's how this, that's how it's supposed to play out. Um, it's not supposed to be immediate and swift. This is a very, these are very serious allegations. And I think that the, the police department, major league baseball, the Dodgers are taking their time with this as well. They should um, in order to come to the best decision. Um, again, whether or not he, whether or not they decide to arrest him or file charges against him, major league baseball can kind of do what it wants separately. It can suspend him regardless of what happens with the, with the criminal legal process. If there is one. Now, the interesting thing about the hearing that I, that I read is that there, you know, there have been some people kind of speculating, like, will, will Trevor Bauer testify in that hearing? And, The consensus is that he won't because anything he says in that hearing can be used against him in a potential criminal trial. So as much as we know Trevor Bauer to be
1: this outspoken dude,
0: he's, he's going to have to sit on this one.
1: Yep, That's where I stand. We just don't know enough. So I feel like what Bauer did is inexcusable and I will never defend what he did, but to, blatantly say like this is all on him we just don't know enough facts because things are coming out that this miss hill had a thing with East Jr. had a thing with clevenger there's text messages kind of promoting or saying that she kind of promoted this to happen and it just it's a really weird situation but with that being said and and i and i will just and i will just say this that
0: you know for all the people out there that are that are talking about consent and whether or not Um, she gave consent, or if she gave consent once, does that mean, you know, all bets are off? No, consent is a an ongoing thing that can be revoked at any time. And when you were unconscious, you do not have the wherewithal to give consent. And so I think that that's worth repeating and reiterating and and reminding people that, you know, people that that are coming out and, and defending Trevor Bauer, is that you you honestly can't. There there are certain situations where you cannot legally give consent, even if even if you say, "I want you to do X, Y, and Z to me," and you do X, Y, and Z, you still can be found criminally responsible. That's right. Yeah,
2: and look, my stance on this has been the same the entire time. Uh, you know, a lot of people were you know yelling and crying about you know people who didn't within the first thirty minutes of this whole thing starting. People, You're yelling at people for not coming out and saying like, oh, send him to jail right away. Like, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, if he did it, I agree. Uh, If everything they're saying is true, if even half of what they're saying is true, then yes, I agree. But to act like these people were there, know the full story, know both sides of the story is simply naive. Uh, So I'm not going to apologize for not coming out on the first hour of this entire thing and saying, yeah, go get Bauer, send Bauer to the firing squad. So no, I'm not going to come out and apologize for not saying that. Uh, my stance has been the same the entire damn time. If he did even half of what is accused, see you later, buddy. Enjoy your, enjoy your life out of baseball, possibly in jail. Uh, but like Kevin said, I mean, there's, there's, this is starting to unravel with a lot of other different factors, uh, around surrounding this girl. So we'll see what happens, uh, you know, justice will prevail in this situation, most likely. So it's a wait and see. It it always has been for me.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm with you on that one, David. If, if it, if it comes out that, that all of these things that have been reported to have happened, have actually happened the way that it's been reported to have happened. Well then of course, see you later, buddy. I don't even want to ever see you pitch ever again in the major leagues, let alone the Dodgers.
1: Yeah, I'm just under the assumption reach. at this point we have to find another starter because I don't know how Bauer can even like physically yeah, stay in yeah. shape at this point. Like how do you how do you have the mental capacity to be like game ready? Cuz
2: I don't see it. I think it would take some time I, even, if he were to come back. Even if I think if he were to come back, I really don't think it would be this year. I really think he's done. Even if completely innocent, I don't think the Dodgers want to put him on the field this year. I really don't. Nope. If they were to keep him at all, I think it would be for next year. But I think he's toast this year. And I think the team knows that.
0: Yeah, I, I think he, I, I honestly, I don't think he's ever pitching for us again. That, that's my, take I,
2: I, I'm, I tend to agree with you. Um, but you know, when there's $80 million involved, you never know. Yeah. Just got to wait and
1: see. So when the Dodgers return from the all-star break, they're going to have a new man in the bullpen. If you're not familiar with him, the Dodgers added Jimmy Scherfee to the 25-man roster because he has no minor league options. They claimed him off waivers from the San Francisco Giants. In exchange, they had to DFA Bobby Wall, who I believe my only analysis on him was, I don't know anything about this guy. So I guess that's going to come into full fruition because I really will never know anything about Bobby Wall, who got kicked to the curb. But what I can tell you about Jimmy Sherfy, he's 1-0, has a 422 ERA this season, a little bit experience. He's a local guy. I actually went to middle school with him at a Los Colinas in Cameroon. He went to Newberry Park High, played his college ball in Oregon. Oregon. I don't think he was teammates with Clevenger though. And if you want to watch some highlight reel film on Jimmy Sherfy, I would suggest to watch the 2017 NLDS when he was on the Diamondbacks because boy, the Dodgers sure rocked that guy. And those are my memories of Jimmy Sherfy, but (laughs) excited to see what this guy brings. It's always good to have a fresh arm. So we'll see what happens with him.
2: Okay, I got a question for you. On the roster over under 8 days. I'll go over because the Sea is up, Jake Reed's up,
1: and one other guy I'm blanking on. Oh, oh Nuñez. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, last okay, Jake.
0: Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to go over. I think I okay. I I I think that because he's out of options, they're they're going to they're going to really give him a shot.
2: Fair enough. You can't count those cores games Carry
1: either. <laughs> those cores games.
2: Why you?
0: Why you think he's gone and after this series against the Rockies? I
2: I think so. Yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: I, I think this is just. A Are you surfy about it? Uh, no, I'm not surefy about it. But I, I think this is just. A, we we kind of need someone until we can activate Bruce Dar and and Victor and Jimmy. Why isn't
0: Bruce Dar up with
2: the team? He can't. Well, miss he's, he's in triple A's he's, he's getting, well, I think he could, you know, given what they have on the roster right now, I think he's more than capable of being. Well, that's on my roster. point. That's I my think point. they just want him to, yeah, I think they just want him to get work. Uh, You know, he's in, he's been pitching. He pitched yesterday uh, for triple A. So I think they just want yeah. to keep, keep getting him work there.
1: Well, the problem is they were hoping that this other guy was going to provide length, which Gradwell can't, but I'm saving him for a couple more minutes. In the meantime, Another question comes from Blake Harris, friend of the show, one of the best Dodgers coverage guys out there in the business. This one you're going to have to think about a little bit, but who is the most underappreciated Dodger from the past decade? So we'll do 2010 to 2020, 2019,
2: whatever. He's actually been on this show and it's Blake trying and I'll tell you why. It's not just because he's one of my favorite players and he came on the show and he likes my meme. The Dodgers have been looking for a lockdown reliever, not named Kenley Jansen for the past 10 years. And they haven't had it. They have, they just simply haven't had it. Uh, you saw it in 2017. Brandon Morrow was close to being it. Uh, but the problem was he was literally used every single game. Uh, then you fast forward to 2018. They didn't have that in the World Series. Ryan Madsen got thrown out there. Wasn't even on the team at the beginning of the season. They picked him up for peanuts. Uh, he was on the street. I don't even know if they traded for him. And they're like, yep, yeah, I guess this is all we got. Here you go, World Series. Here's your outing. up." Oh, and we lose the World Series. So my answer is Blake Trinan because, yeah, while, while, while a lot of fans appreciate what he's done, uh, I don't think they appreciate the scale and the scope of the magnitude of his impact on that 2020 World Series team. Uh, locked down, he locked down game five. He basically was the team's best reliever when Kenley wasn't, you know, pitching well, which was quite frankly a lot of last year. Uh, and he was he was basically, along with Mookie Betts, he was the missing piece. So I think he honestly is the most underappreciated Dodger in the last 10 years. I almost feel like I'm obligated to say Austin
1: Barnes, but I really don't want to go down that path. So I think I'm going to go with Andre Ethier. And, you know, he was beloved by a lot of Dodgers fans, no doubt. But I felt like he was is on he the...
2: underappreciated?
1: I, I felt like he was, was on... A, he was I'll let you make your case. Favorite. I'm sorry. I felt Go ahead. Like he go was ahead. I'll
2: shut up. <laughs> okay. I felt like every year there was
1: trade rumors that Andre Ethier was on the trading block. I felt like we read about that every single season. Um, in terms of towards the end, I feel like a lot of people were calling him washed up, injury prone. But whenever he came up and was healthy, that dude was clutch. And I feel like he's going to go down as one of the most underrated Dodgers in terms of team history because... That guy was just phenomenal. You ready for mine?
0: <laughs> Hanley Ramirez. I, I think Hanley Ramirez, when we think about Hanley Ramirez, the, the one thing that, that everyone brings up, two things that people bring up are the broken rib, but also the fact that he messed up Kershaw's perfect game. People forget how clutch this dude was. And speaking about the broken rib game, I think the Dodgers beat the Cardinals if Hanley Ramirez isn't injured. I mean, and he did end up playing through that, but I think that, I think the Dodgers go on, you know, who knows what would have happened that that season if they, if they get past the Cardinals there. But I just think in terms of um, guys that we tend to forget about, I mean, he in, in 2013, in, in just 86 games, he hit 345 with an over a thousand OPS and he was eighth in MVP voting, which is crazy because he only played 86 games. Um, and then in 2014, he hit 13 home runs drove in 71 RBIs and, and you know OPS over over 800. But just in terms of his clutch ability and, and what what he meant to the what he meant to the team when he was there, I really enjoyed watching him play.
1: Yeah. I was a huge I fan of Hanley. him. I never, uh, I never put him down for that air because I only think about the good times and yeah, he was w- probably one of the best hitting short subs in the franchise history in that little amount of time that he actually put on the Dodgers uniform. But
0: yeah, I loved, I loved Hanley Ramirez.
1: And I knew we weren't, we had no chance of re-signing him because his defense just fell to the floor. But Okay. Right. And we had and we had Seeger in the wings. Exactly. All right. I'm gonna take the lead on this one. This is from F U Bob Nightingale. He used to be Billy Brown, but he changed it to FU Bob. Thoughts on Edwin Yusetta. So go ahead, Kevin. Take it away, Kevin.
0: We'll 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 uh, we'll sit back for this one.
1: Sounds good. You know when this guy was first called up. I gave him the benefit of the doubt. You know, I said he was better than Dennis Santana, and that came true. The Dodgers got rid of Dennis Santana. They were willing to trust USEDA. They sent him down. I think they called him up one more time. That's where he had that little outburst where the Dodgers were up 10 to 1 or 9 to 1 in Arizona, and he nearly blew that game. They sent him back down. That was when I realized this guy might not be good, but then they called him up. They called him up. Uh, called him up again recently, as we all know, and it's just been terrible. He gave up a walk-off, no doubt bomb to Jesus Aguilar. He's made 11 appearances now. He's 0-3 with an 8.10 ERA. I'm convinced, and hopefully he can prove me wrong, that this is one of the worst Dodgers pitchers to put on the fran- to put on the uniform in the franchise history. He's up there with Carlos Frias, Brock Stewart, Jason Schmidt. It's just a total bum. And I know there's some people saying he's only 23. Give him time. What more do you need to see? This guy is lousy. He throws mid-average velocity on his fastball. He has no control of his pitches whatsoever. He's been a pitcher his whole life as far as I know. I don't see what one or two more years is going to do. Just rip off the Band-Aid. He has no future with the Dodgers. They are going to DFA him. I guarantee it. It might take another year or two this guy's awful. So should we see if we can I'm be? sorry. What um, was the question the again? Show? Thoughts <laughs> on Edwin? You just general
2: thoughts on him. General thoughts. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he's the worst player in baseball. I, I, I actually like his stuff, uh, but he's not ready. He's just not even close to ready. Uh, I said this on online. He's, he's one year away from being one year away. Uh, he needs to he needs to book some he needs to start looking at property in Oklahoma City uh, and get comfortable there. In my opinion, uh, I don't think they'll throw him in the trash. I don't think they're going to get rid of him. Uh, but he could he could uh, make himself comfortable in Oklahoma City, to say the least.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm more on, uh, leaning towards uh, David's David side on this one. I I don't think that we have seen I- enough of him yet, and and well, I think also, we've seen plenty. Yeah, we know. Um,
2: but this I, year we have definitely seen plenty.
0: Yes, and what I was going to say is, is that there are a number of pitchers that have no, had no business being in the majors this year. I mean, Mitch White is another one, and Dennis Santana got DFA'd. I mean, th- there were a but, ton of relievers that we that brought that we brought up that should not have been brought up because of all the injuries. I mean, imagine where we'd be if Corey Knebel was still so healthy. Um, yeah, you where, forget. It's so easy to forget about him too you know like th- these guys you know are being thrown into the fire and you know good for Garrett Clevenger to kind of you know wind up on his feet he's been pretty decent thus he has yeah. calmed down since we brought him since we brought him back up I mean, the, you know, you got to give these guys a little bit of slack when when they're thrown into the fire like this and expected to to hold these, you know, one-run leads or tie games um, in extra innings. And it's part of the reason why the Dodgers are just not good in extra innings this year because they just
1: they run yeah. out of good pitchers. And, and that's the thing with Vessi is why I haven't been one to write him off. Obviously, I probably said he wasn't ready, but he's shown a lot of brilliant flashes, and he was holding opponent, opponent batting averages to, like, barely over a hundred. The only problem with him was he had no control. You said, on the other hand, has just been awful in all metrics of the game. And you know, the, you're right about Mitch White and Dennis Santana. Maybe they're not supposed to be here, but they actually are supposed to be here. Their, their ETA has already run past the clock. And so that, that's yeah. another, that is another dilemma. Like, what do we have to do with Mitch White? He's supposed to be in the major leagues already. He was supposed to be in there last year. I want to say, is it time to trade him? Because we saw what happened with Dennis Santana. They held on to him too
2: long, and he just had
1: no value, so they had to let him go. I don't think Mitch White has. a lot of I actually of value like right what now. I've
2: seen. I like what I've seen from Mitch White in the in the past couple outings. I, I like his stuff. He's, he's shown – I forget the last game he pitched in, but he, he threw like three innings or whatever it was, had a scoreless frame. He looked he looked legitimately like he belonged. Uh, so I'm not giving up on Mitch White at all. I'm frankly not giving up on Useta. I am this year, uh, but I. He, his changeup is is legit. That's a major league changeup. Uh, so if he can figure out, you know, the, the the hard stuff, he throws a sinker. I think he needs to ditch the sinker and just go to go to a straight four seam fastball. Uh, but I, I like what I've seen from Mitch White. I, I have. I'm have not.
0: <laughs> Mitch White has blown too many games this year for me to like him, and I think he has. Honestly, he has. I think honestly, it has a lot, I believe it has a lot to do with the fact that, that I think he's, he may be a better starter than he is a reliever. And, and that, that could be a factor that, and I even heard him say in, in one of the dugout interviews that they had early on in the season that like, you know, he does, he does find it difficult to adjust between starting and relieving and that it is a different beast. Um, so maybe he's meant to, you know, be stretched out and be a starter at some point, who knows. But yeah, I mean, his trade value is is kind of tanked this year because he really hasn't
1: shown much. Yeah. All right, we're gonna wrap up the show soon, so just a couple quick quick questions. Elijah Sweat, what are your realistic expectations for how far this team will go if we make any moves versus if they don't make any moves and run with the current team they have? I mean, I have That's not given question. up on I've not given up on this team whatsoever. I have not been one to say. Yeah, this is a wild card team. Or, yeah, I don't see them making the playoffs. I still think we're going to win the division. The Giants are destined to fall off. I don't know when it will happen, but it's going to happen. The Padres are also not playing up to maybe the same standard that a lot of people expected from them. But I do think they are going to make some big splashes at the deadline. I think Joey Gallo is going to be linked to that team. So that's definitely something concerning. Oh God, if
0: they get Joey Gallo, Jesus.
1: But back on the Dodgers front, second in the league in home run. In the National League in home runs, first and runs scored with 476, second in OPS 758. With runners in scoring position, they have the best OPS at 822, best team ERA in the National League, and some other cool stats just in general. They have the lowest chase rate of all 30 teams at 23%. And no team sees more pitches than the Los Angeles Dodgers. My answer to that question is: if the Dodgers come back healthy if they
0: get Kershaw back, if they get Knable back, if they get Seeger back and all of the rest of the guys, Gratterall, if he comes back, if, if we get all those guys back, this team can win a world series. It's a great team. And even without Bauer, I think they've got an opportunity to, to win a world series with this current roster. However, I don't want to take those chances because of all the injuries that we've had. They do need to make moves regardless if everybody comes back healthy, because we've seen what this team looks like when, when it has to deal with injuries and we've seen what, how streaky it can be when it, when it kind of is, is, you know, kind of held together with paper clips and rubber bands at this point, it's still a great team and they still can, you know, run up the score on you 22 runs, you know, on a given night. Doesn't we don't know when that happens, but it just happens randomly. Um, but they do need to make moves to make sure that this team has the has the depth, and if guys do go down with injuries, they have guys to replace them.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I really don't know. I need to see how this trade deadline shapes up. I need to see Corey Steger back in action and producing. Uh, But if all those things go right, the Dodgers trade for a starter, they trade for a lever, they get guys back healthy, they absolutely can win a World Series, 100%. I've said all along, I think the Giants are frauds. Uh, I'd be a fraud if I varied from that belief right now. Uh, So I've said around game 100, the Giants are going to start to tank, uh, and that's in about 10 games. So the the division is up for grabs. Uh, I think the Padres are going to be aggressive at the deadline. Uh, I don't think they're content with where they're at right now. Uh, I think they're going to get a bat. They may get a starter. They may get a reliever. So it's going to be interesting. But ask me that question after the, the after the deadline and we'll talk. Oh, we
1: will. <laughs> and they got we the will. Giants coming up after the Rockies at Dodger Stadium. And I already mentioned Corey Seager will be back. So they don't really need to acquire a bat at the deadline, despite maybe the disappointments that we've seen from Sheldon Noisy, DJ Peters, Luke Rayleigh getting back Seager. And now you have a white hot AJ Pollock, boy. This team is going to put up runs. And Albert, Pujols. how about Pujols also? Yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah. Absolutely. I I think
0: offensively this team is fine. Could they Could they stand to add a guy like Nick Castellanos? Sure, anybody could. But the the focus has to be pitching.
1: Hundred percent. Final question comes from Gorilla Golf, with the Dodgers massive run at pitchers in this most recent draft do you think that means the team is more likely to spend on their own hitters pretty interesting question but Mm. the way i look at it first of all is this will come down in a few years but julio urias represented by scott boris probably gone clayton kershaw three years or so he'll be retired or gone elsewhere walker beeler will be a free agent that's going to be a big decision to come up does he chase garrett cole money i don't know But already they have Josiah Gray, Bobby Miller, and Ryan Pepio. Those are three potential bona fide ace arms that you're going to add to this rotation. And now you get another draft class with a bunch of pitchers. That makes me think, yeah, they're not going to have to spend money on the pitching because they're going to be stacked and hopefully some of these guys can amount to being good relievers as well. A lot will depend if they pay Corey Seager because then I think that becomes obvious that they're going to pay Cody Bellinger. We already have Mookie Betts locked up. And then, I mean, Max Muncy. I guess you'll have to decide what to do with him. But other than that, I think for the most part, this team is set in stone. Besides Chris Taylor, because I think he might chase
2: kind of like what AJ Pollock got. So another decision. Paper chaser. To be made.
0: Yeah, paper chaser.
2: Yeah. Here, here's my answer to that. It's it's twofold. One is you can never have enough pitching. You just simply cannot have enough pitching. Uh, and yeah, do I think what happened this year? with the Dodgers pitching rotation and injuries uh, contributed to some of these picks. Absolutely. Uh, I I think that, you know, they're kind of out of options here in terms of minor league, major league ready pitching. Uh, So yeah, I think that that does play a role. Uh, And secondly, hitting contracts often tend to work out more than pitching contracts. When you pay a guy, who's a hitter, it's probably going to work out more often than when you pay a pitcher. That's just how it goes. Uh, so when you draft all these pitchers, you throw you throw 20 darts at a dartboard, and you hope a couple of them hit, that means you get that guy for four or five years of, of you know rookie salary arbitration stuff, and you're not going to have to shell out a big contract. Dodgers using Walker Bueller on that arbitration contract right now. Uh, so I think Friedman is, and co. have made a – organizational decision to just throw a bunch of darts at these pitchers and hope down the line, two or three of them end up being mainstays in the rotation. And you don't, you don't necessarily have to pay them because uh, you're going to pay guys like Mookie Betts the $300 million contract. Chances are at the end of the day, when you stack up the Mookie Betts contract against the Garrett Cole contract, I think you're going to get a better return from the Mookie Betts contract. That's just how it goes. It just, it's just how it often works out. So I think that has a, has a significant role in, in some of these picks.
0: and I and I totally agree you can never have enough pitching it's it's why they say the hardest thing in baseball is to hit a round ball with a round bat I think it's harder to it's harder to score runs than it is to prevent runs and so when you've got a lot of pitchers on your team. Able to prevent runs from scoring, you're going to win ball games, and that's that's why we've seen the Dodgers be so successful for as long as they've been successful over the last decade. Is because they've had great pitching, and they've developed great pitching, and they've had great pitching coaches like Rick Honeycutt and Mark Pryor, and the rest of the and the rest of the staff bringing these pitchers through, and and it's and it's why you saw. The missing piece last year was Mookie Betts because they just needed that extra offensive push, that extra spark to push them over the edge and win a World Series. It's part of the reason why you're not seeing the Angels do anything because they only have offense and they don't have any pitching. And that's, it's a clear, you know, you look at the tale of two teams in the LA market or whatever, That that's the story. So you sign a bunch of pitchers, you throw whatever at the wall, see what sticks. And if a couple of them work out great, if they don't, so what? I mean, I, I really, I really do like the fact that they, that they went for all these pitchers. You can't have enough of them. The, the big decisions though, like Kevin was saying um, are, are going to be the free agent bats, you know, are you, you know, how much are you going to pay Cody Bellinger? Are you going to pay him? You're going to pay Corey Seager. Are, do you have enough money to keep Chris Taylor? I'd love to keep, I'd love to keep Chris Taylor. I'd love to keep Max Muncie, And like, and I'd like to keep Cody Bellinger. I could part ways with Corey Seager. I, I could, um, I, I know that, that Kevin probably couldn't do that, but those are the three main bats that I'd love to keep or Cody Bellinger, Max Muncie, and Chris Taylor.
1: Cool. All right. So this is the final segment that I came up with last second, and then we'll do final thoughts. Just want to know your guys' biggest loser of the first half. It can be a team. It can be a player. It can be a personality. It can be your cousin. I, go ahead, Kevin. I need to, right. I need to think. Cool. Yeah. Mine is the Arizona Diamondbacks. You know, they came into the season having a decent team on paper. We weren't expecting them to make the playoffs by any means. But to be 26 and 66, 40 games below 500, this early on the season, they're already 32 and a half games back. Madison Bumgarner has been a complete disaster for him. One of the worst contracts maybe ever signed by a pitcher. Unfortunately, Zach Allen continues to get injured. This team has no depth whatsoever. They're running a bunch of minor league scrubs out there who are making a bunch of lousy defensive errors. Josh Reddick, they had to sign him. He's been horrible. They used him as a pitcher the other day, which was absolutely hilarious against the Dodgers. That little bitch got taken deep by Albert Pujols. <laughs> One of my favorite memories ever now. And just the fact that he got booed and all that, it was just hilarious that they went with Josh Reddick to be a pitcher. But, yeah, overall point being is this team is one of the worst, I guess, I've ever seen. It's it's a train wreck.
2: I mean, I don't really have a clear-cut loser of the first half. I, I, I really don't. Um, you know, it was going to be Francisco Lindor, uh, but he started picking it up a little bit. Uh, and then it was going to be the Mets for paying Francisco Lindor, but he, he started picking it up a little bit. Uh, you know, I I think the biggest disappointment I can say is, is the New York Yankees. Uh, I mean, they were the second favorite to win the world series. Uh, and they're eight games back of first place to the Boston Red Sox, who nobody thought would be there at this point in the season, including me. Uh, so I, I think that is my biggest disappointment. Um, obviously spider tech plays a role in, in all of that. Uh, but man, uh, Yankees are, are definitely my biggest shock of the first half.
0: My biggest loser for, uh, the first half of this season. Um, well, it's, it's really two parts. One real quick, Rob Manfred for implementing the, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, 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 the rules in the middle of the season for uh, foreign substance. I felt that should have been done at the beginning of the season or at, before next season. The fact that he did it in the middle of the season was just kind of ridiculous. Um, but more importantly, I think it's the, the Anaheim angels. Um, just the fact that they continually have the best player in all of baseball, whether it's Mike Trout and this year it's Shohei Otani, who's putting on an absolute show um, leading, you know, the American league in home runs. He now has the most home runs in a single season by a Japanese born player. And he still has the second half of the season to go uh, surpassing Hideki Matsui. Um, The fact that he could go, you know, four for four with two bombs and the angels, you know, lose seven, seven to four or whatever every night is just a testament to the fact that the the angels always have something like this and they're never they're never able to build around it so hopefully they can pick it up and hopefully they can put shohei otani in the playoffs and mike trout comes back because you know the world deserves to
1: see the rest of these guys all right it's time for final thoughts
0: I'm looking forward to the second half. I'm really excited to see the Dodgers get healthy again. Um, I'm excited to see uh what what happens with this team at the trade deadline. I think Andrew Freeman is gonna be very active. He's gonna make he's gonna make a lot of moves um because a he needs to. A lot of moves. Wow. Yeah, I do. I do. I think um I, I think, think he has
1: to. Two players tops. That's what I that's what I would say.
0: Yeah, that that, that to me is, you know. A lot of moves, more than one.
1: Okay. Yeah, um, I think I got cursed by the Padres last year when they made like ten moves. So now, like, I'm
0: like. No, Shut. no, no. I don't think it's. I don't think it's going to be like that. But <laughs> I do. I do think that that Friedman knows he he needs to make some moves, whether that's trades or whether that's you know signing like a Cole Hamels or something like that. I'm excited to see uh, what new additions are added to this team because we definitely need them.
2: Yeah, I'm just looking. My final thoughts are: I just want everybody back and healthy already. I'm tired of this whole first half where at least one person was injured for the entire season. Uh, just give me the Dodgers at full strength. That's all I ask. Absolutely. Yeah, nine games left with the San Diego Padres.
1: Hopefully, we finally get a series where we roll out a completely healthy team against them because that last series, it made me sick how we lost to Blake's now. You know, I yeah. still am on record saying those were must-win games, and to this to this very day, it, it still matters because we are two games back. If we didn't get swept, you know, we're one or maybe zero games back. But regardless, this is crunch time. Dodgers are notoriously are known for being a good second-half team. So let's just keep that magic rolling. And thank you all for listening to the Incline. Make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at the Incline Pod or Instagram the Incline Dodgers. And of course, our handles are dropped below in this description below. So give us a follow as well. Yeah, Thank and you.
2: and one more thing, if you if you like our show, uh, could you do me a personal favor and leave us a nice review with a comment on the on the podcast store? Because you know I'm a big mouth on Twitter, and a couple Padres fans, you know, found the podcast and, and left a couple negative reviews. So if you could counter that out, I would I would appreciate that. Thank you all.